Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, how are you doing? And welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. We're really going to bring on some extra special people today who are doing so many things to change the world. We're bringing out somebody who's a mermaid, and we'll explain that, as well as somebody who's changing the world by actually adding more water and cutting the black carbon emissions. So what I'd love to do is introduce them and explain to that, because I can't. So how you doing, mermaid and Don? Hi. I'm doing pretty well. I mean, um, I'm really excited to be here to talk with Don how actually we all can uh, help the planet to become a better place to live. Yeah, and uh, and uh, now should I? I'm, I'm gonna give you the thing that I want all your listeners to remember, <clears throat> even though I'm gonna explain it a little bit more in detail. But uh, <clears throat> the thing I really want people to understand and remember is that. Black carbon is the enemy of the planet. I'm going to say it over and over and over again. Most people have never heard of black carbon. They don't know what it does. And I didn't know what black carbon was either. None of our leaders, some of our scientists know what it is, but most people don't know that we can do something about it. But black carbon literally is the enemy of the planet. It coats the glaciers. All of our glaciers, all of our snow caps, and all of our ice sheets are now being coated with black carbon. And what black carbon is, is unburned fuels, fuel that is not completely burned when you have a combustion of, 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 of a fossil fuel engine or of fossil fuel in general. But because it's not burned, it creates this soot and this soot coats our glaciers. And instead of the glaciers and the white snow reflecting light, it, and it instead of reflecting light, it absorbs light and heat instead of reflecting light and heat, and it's melting. And they're melting now at alarming, alarming rates. And if we don't do anything about black carbon, it's, we're really going to have a very, very tough time to uh, to battle climate change. Yeah, no, I could say, I, I, I know, I've been to Alaska a couple of times, uh, actually on the ground, not on a cruise, and I've mm-hmm. seen the, the crawl uh, back, you know, where you, you see the melting of the glaciers and where it was, even in a few times, so over the past six years, I've been there a couple of times, and you saw where I was last time uh, for my yeah. pictures, and then you look at it and see how it's melted, uh, and it's just yeah. incredible. It's incredible. No, it's, it's, in fact, most people don't realize, and even I didn't realize how extent or how extensive it is, and, uh, or what the meaning of it is. And uh, 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 because it's, it's very, very, very dangerous to the planet. Now, before there was a solution, all you could do is look at the glaciers, feel bad about it. You can see the black carbon on them and you just feel horrible inside. But now we know that there's something we can do. But most people don't know it. In fact, that's my mission for the rest of my life is to tell people about black carbon and the fact that we can do something about it. And we can cut it in half right now. But uh, with the technology we have for using hydrogen and fuel, if we decide that the fossil fuel electric uh, energy infrastructure that we all need, and don't get me wrong, 
Nobody should really have bad words to say about fossil fuel because it's the only reason why we have internet. It's the reason why we have hospitals. It's the reason why we have hotels. It's the reason why I have all medical advances. It's the reason why we even have green infrastructure. It's all based on the fossil fuel infrastructure. But that fossil fuel infrastructure creates black carbon. But that black carbon must be reduced because we are going to have a fossil fuel energy infrastructure. I don't care what anybody says. It's going to exist. We can't even build electric cars or solar panels or wind in the jungle with a hammer and a chisel and have monkeys go deliver everything. So that's not going to happen. We have to have a fossil fuel infrastructure. But that fossil fuel infrastructure needs to be looked at the way it should be looked at, which is this creating all the black carbon. And we can now cut that black carbon at least in half. And once the idea gets in the minds of all the rest of the human beings on the planet, that black carbon is the enemy of the planet, we will find a way to eliminate it totally as we transition ourselves to a brighter, cleaner future with hydrogen and, and a few other things. That's awesome. So, so how did you find out about that? This, how that? <laughs> Good question. It was pure accident. And when I say pure accident, I really truly mean pure, unadulterated accident. Because uh, <laughs> what I was initially doing for the last 10 years, I was, I was trying to develop some hydrogen technology to save gas, gasoline. I had built something for my car, and I saw that it worked even though it was anecdotal because, you know, I didn't have any labs test results. So I ended up taking my device to a lab, an engine testing lab, and to see if what I had seen was real. And so once we got it into the lab, we found out that it does work. But with gasoline engines, the, the variables were so incredible that we couldn't get any consistent results. And uh, and one day uh, uh, after one of my uh glaring failures uh one of the technicians asked me if i would like if i wouldn't mind trying it on diesel engines and i said well let me yeah may as well because i was about ready to fold up the tent and uh, so we tried it on diesel engines still looking for the same thing which was fuel economy but after the a pretty dismal fuel economy test the lab technician walked up to me and said hey listen do you know by the way this thing reduced your particulate matter by almost 50%. Now, my question was, what's particulate matter? I didn't know what particulate matter was. It meant nothing to me. And he didn't really have a good definition for it himself. It was just, he was a technician. He worked there. They measured particulate matter. But when I went home that night, I discovered that particulate matter was poison to human beings. I mean, it causes all kinds of premature death, causes all kinds of health issues from asthma to a whole all kinds of other respiratory illnesses, but it's the result of all of the engines that we're using, putting all this stuff in the air, and all of it in the air is causing us to have human health problems. Now, I still didn't know about black carbon. It wasn't until years later that I found out about, because I was reading everything I could read about black, about particular matter, and years later, I found this article that had buried in it something called black carbon. And when, they, when I read about black carbon, it said it was a major component in particular matter and that it was 1,500 times worse than CO2. Now, notice I didn't say one or two times worse. I said 1,500 mm-hmm. times worse than CO2 because everybody thinks CO2 is the bad guy, which it is. I'm not discounting it. 
But black carbon is 1,500 times worse than CO2. So then all of a sudden I said, well, gee whiz, there's, there's got black carbon. But it wasn't until this year I had to put together a speech for Davos. I was, I was one of the panelists on Davos talking about technology. And, uh, and I had to do a three-minute speech on 12 years of what I had discovered. And I didn't have a clue as to what I was going to be talking about. And eventually, out of all those things that were circling around in my mind, I was able to pull out black carbon, particulate matter, and we cut it in half. And it dawned on me that we had something that can save the planet. It wasn't until then that I understood that because we can cut black carbon in half and because black carbon was coating the glaciers, causing them to melt, we had something, we had a solution for, 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 uh, for climate change. It's still not going to be easy, you know, because we first have to inform everybody. And then we have to try to convert all of these engines. And we don't have to convert. We just have to retrofit all these engines to, a, to where we can burn the fuel better. And that's the name of the book. My book is actually called Burn Fuel Better uh, because that's what we have to do to eliminate black carbon from the atmosphere. That's incredible, uh, you know, that you just tripped over it and, you know, <laughs> found something, you know, that you found something. I mean, I guess the information was there and you took the time and had the right instincts to look for it. And that's incredible. And then you've started your, your own company, HO International, right? Yeah, HO, HO International. In fact, uh, HO International is the what I would consider the uh, active arm of HO. I mean, it's of, of, of the concept. It's, it's the, the company that's developing the technology. Now, the technology itself is hydrogen, it actually uses water, H2O. It uses something called an electrolyzer. And that electrolyzer takes H2O, splits it up into hydrogen and oxygen. The hydrogen is used to improve the fuel burn. And the oxygen is used to release into the atmosphere, just like a tree, just like a leaf. And in fact, the, the product is actually called Leaf, L-E-E-F-H2. Now, I call it Leaf because it means leveraging energy efficient fuel with hydrogen. But because it produces oxygen, it's like a leaf, L-E-A-F. So that's the reason why the company, or at least by the product, is called Leaf H2. And uh, so our company now is developing or <coughs> assisting with developing different applications for the technology. And we're starting off with generators. There's over 17 million generators on this planet that produce uh, uh, energy. And it's all done with diesel engines. And uh, uh, places like Nigeria, over 80% of all of their electricity comes from diesel engines. And, it's, and they're not alone. So <clears throat> diesel engines, uh, generators, uh, some of the bigger ships, most people don't realize that these, the container ships is the equivalent of 13 million vehicles, one of them. So they create a lot of black carbon. So we have black carbon all over the planet that we have to eradicate. But it's going to take the kind of effort that it takes that we've seen on the movies where the aliens come to attack the planet or when a meteor was coming <laughs> and the entire human race decide that this is something worth fighting. Uh, and that's what we do because human beings are incredibly capable of doing anything, anything we want. But we have to first know who the enemy is. And that's why black carbon, that's why you will always hear me say black carbon is the enemy of the planet. I want it to be drilled in everybody's head so that once they understand that is the enemy, we can fight it 
collectively and eliminate it. And we can maybe, maybe just save our planet from some of this climate change. That would sound awesome to do that. And it, the biggest challenge is, is to find out who the enemy is. And you've right. definitely identified it. And definitely, as, as we start talking about some other things, you know, not the enemy is our mermaid who is swimming all over in cleaning up the oceans. And that is just one small part of her story. And I'd like to share, you know, mermaid, would you like to share part of your story about how you, what you're doing to also clean up the, the world? Yeah. And I have to say that, you know, the, what Dawn has said, um, the melting ice glaciers, I come from Estonia and past three uh, winters, we haven't seen snow. And that's, that is quite um, extreme because we are Scandinavia, right? So if we don't get the snow, we're not going to have the melting glaciers in a normal um, uh, the season. And then we're not going to have the normal farming happening around uh, Scandinavian countries. And it's, that was like one of the points where I was like, oh my God, I have to do so much in this world. But my uh, mission is uh, to bring awareness that the microplastic doesn't belong inside the ocean. And uh, microplastic sometimes can be so little that we can't see that with our own eyes. But nowadays it's found mostly on whales, on dolphins, but also on birds. I mean, every animal who you know, eat seeds or, or little nuts or tries to even like uh, take take the little pieces of the nuts stores to their birds, they accidentally feed them with microplastic. And that only doesn't happen on the animal kingdom. It also happens around human food chain. Um, because the plastic ends up in a fish, it ends up in a salt, and we as humans eat that in, and then that affects actually our own development. Um, there are cases where um, babies inside women uh, uterus have been found with the microplastic. So if we take a moment, that unborn baby has to fight with microplastic. I mean, this is this is not okay. We as a humans have caused that, and we're gonna leave that for uh, many many generations, even after when a mermaid, you know, is done in this life. So this was a moment where I said I really need to do something really extreme to bring awareness uh, to microplastic, what is also called uh, mermaid tears. And uh, I decided to kind of develop a Guinness World Record where I swim with my mermaid tail without using arms. And now I have done that. I mean, I have broken that three times. I started with the 10K, then 20K on 2020. And this year I turned 30. So on my birthday, on my 30th birthday, I swam 30K. What is, in, if we're talking miles, it's 18.7 miles to swim without using my arms. That's kicking. That's just incredible. Uh, and, right. you know, yes. and swimming has been one of those things that, that bring you back to, to grounding and, and centering for, for yourself. So not only have you swam like that, but you're also collecting uh, the garbage that's out there, the, the, the recycling things 
that are out there. Right, and that, and I get asked so often from uh, from interviews that, oh, if you were doing that, did you were like using your arms to pick up the trash? I'm like, I didn't even have to use my arms. My arms were on the front, and the plastic bag came to my arm. Like that's how bad things sometimes are. That you don't even have to go and find the plastic; it comes right to your hand. And and this is this is pretty sad that it's happening. And um, I always tell everybody that you know, like even picking up one plastic bottle, you're saving a lot because that plastic bottle can go to million pieces under the sun because of rain, salt. Um, you know, and, and this is so important that we pick up trash after ourselves and after the uh, terrible guests who visit our streets or uh, beaches. Because most of the trash that ends up in ocean comes from the streets through the, um, you know, like uh, when there's a flood, it goes down yep. the drain, <clears throat> it ends up in ocean. And then while I was doing a lot of research about like how to save oceans and bring more attention, like 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 really what I, like destroys the coral reefs, for example, I found out there is these things called microbeads, but are not really common in European Union, but really common in US. And I learned about that microbeads are in our toothpaste, in body scrub, face scrub, and now also on hand sanitizers. And that made me realize that every time when we wash ourselves, um, it goes down the drain and it ends up back in the ocean. Mm -hmm. So I um, got this idea with my business partner on Viking Beauty Secrets that maybe we should use volcanic ash. Because I come from pool swimming, I learned about that the best pools to clean them, you have to use the volcanic ash and the filtration system. And then that told me that, you know, sometimes you have to take from ocean to save the ocean. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has been amazing hit with our uh, face scrub in Viking Beauty Secrets. But it just like makes you realize that microbeads shouldn't be inside our waters. Um, yeah. They're neurotoxins and and you never know how that can affect human brain development if you even drink the water from the sink you know like so it's so it really made me question a lot of things what are we doing in our everyday lives um what are affecting ocean and you know in the end of the day i still love to be on a sport and i want to compete on a sport but I have been on the situations where, A, competition gets canceled because it's too polluted, or B, competition gets canceled because the ocean waters are so warm. Mm-hmm. And while I was uh, training even this year to Olympic trials, I learned about that um, ocean coral reefs are going through cancer. And that's because all these microbeads and sunblocks who are killing our cancer, I mean, our coral reef tissues. Mm. And if that happens, our oxygen level, you know, they produce oxygen for us. That becomes smaller and smaller and smaller. And one part 
but it's also because of black carbon. So we are we are on a point where we have to think about the you know if we want to have healthy humans, we need to save oceans. So many ways. Wow, that's incredible. You're listening to Peace, Love, and Bring It Back with me, Uncle Dave, Dave Schmetzky. So how did you and Don meet? Uh, how, how did you connect, get connected? And what are you doing together to, to make things go forward uh, to, for a healthier planet? Well, I think me and Don are in, in a different way on a mission to save the ocean, but we are really similar to save the ocean. Uh, we met on um, this uh, movie set in Hollywood, and uh, we start talking about our passion. And actually, Don made me cry, and that was because it was like a feeling that somebody understands my everyday pain. Because as being inside the ocean, you feel not many people understand how much trouble we are. Yeah. And he basically made me cry while he was explaining um, what is his mission because it's so beautiful. Yeah, we both we both uh, have the benefit of knowing that uh, um, that we have a very 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 big problem, but there are some solutions for them. And the fact that we that there are solutions gives hope. Because a lot of times, uh, you know, you look at climate change, even today, when you look at some of the things that's going on, boy, it makes you feel horrible. I mean, you know, just the fact that, uh, you know, uh, you have certain cities in Alaska that's underwater and this and that and a whole bunch of stuff that's going on that just makes you feel just hopeless. But the fact that we have something that we can do, uh, be it uh, changing our, our perception or our orientation toward microplastic or be it identifying the fact that uh, that black carbon is the enemy of the planet because uh, uh, when we both when we understand that we know that there is some hope that we don't have to be barreling down this road toward climate change now it's not a going to be a panacea i mean we this is a huge huge problem it is bigger than everybody bigger than me bigger than you but it's not bigger than us. And that's the thing that I would always like people to remember. It's not bigger than us. We can do anything when we decide to do it. But, uh, but we have to know what to do. And right now, unfortunately, none of our leaders, and I'm not saying anything bad about anybody. It's just that they just don't know. People just don't know. They think that we can maybe electrify our way to, uh, to a cleaner future. But even to build an electric or to build a green infrastructure, you need a fossil fuel infrastructure. So anything that you do that's going to be even building for green, you're going to be creating black carbon. And we're going to continue to create black carbon until we address it. Now, I just want to mention one thing, because I always like to say this, even though it's pretty graphic, but it's in, it's, it's in chapter three of my book. It's called uh, The book is called Burn Fuel Better. But chapter three is called Pissing in the Wind. Now, why would I say something like that? Well, in essence, the, the, the book is all about, at least that chapter is all about, if we have any kind of climate change solution that does not address black carbon, we are pissing in the wind. 
We are bulls. We are kidding ourselves. We're never going to get anywhere. We have to address black carbon. And now we know that we can. So we have to. And uh, but, but we only have a certain amount of time. We don't have forever. I, I would like to think that we can have five years that we can retrofit everything that we have on this planet and begin to start healing our planet. We have we, we don't have to, we don't have a lot of time, but it can be done. But it can only be done if we all recognize that Number one, that black carbon is the enemy. And number two, that we have a solution for it and we start implementing that solution. Now, are there a lot of people who are talking about black besides yourself about black carbon? So, no, no, and, and other than you know people like David Attenborough and you know they're scientists. He's done a lot of uh, 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 documentaries on the melting glaciers and everything else. They all know about black carbon. They they are familiar with it. scientists know about it. They know that it's fifteen hundred times worse than CO two. But what they don't know is that we can reduce it. We can cut it in half. We can use hydrogen today, not hydrogen in the future, but hydrogen today to cut it in half. And that's what I accidentally discovered when I was in the lab, that we, we reduced black carbon, we reduced particulate matter in half. And I didn't even know what particular matter was. And it wasn't until years later that I found out what black carbon was that it dawned on me that, hey, not only did we reduce particulate matter in half, black carbon is a major component of particular matter, and we can cut black carbon in half. But that's what people don't know right now. But that's why I'm sitting on this soapbox, and I'll be on this soapbox for the rest of my life, trying to tell people about black carbon, because we need to know. Because there is a solution now that we can take advantage of. So how can we all get that message out there? Besides, you know, programs like this, and, you know, I'll tell, so I'll start talking to people about it, and we'll research more how else can we do it? Uh, same thing with, with, with you, Mermaid, uh, with, with Meryl. You know, how, how can we move it forward? Because, you know, I know one person at a time and two person upon, you know, you tell me, I tell somebody else, and then they tell two people. We start really expanding things, and we need to start doing it now. I mean, that's the really big part of recycling and changing the planet. We're really at the point where it, 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 we could talk about it all we want, but it's not going to solve anything. We need to start action. doing. Yep. Yes, action. It's an action time. Action and educating. I mean, just today I found out that, uh, for example, Jakarta has to spend, Jakarta government has to spend $33 billion to move the capital to another island. So everyone in this world has to understand that if we are not taking action today, our clients will be underwater. Mm -hmm. So you have to start today if you want to continue to be successful in your life. Because if, if uh, I always uh, say that if we are not taking care of our talent for the next generation, forget about your business growth. And, and this is really what comes down to entrepreneurs, coaches like you, and, and it's, it's all about educating people left, right, and, and talking about that on coffee shops. <laughs> Don't take that coffee cup. Use the recyclable one. And, and, and you can do different today. You don't need to wait until 2030, like the whole COP26 is waiting. <laughs> you need 
to start <laughs> you need to start today otherwise we're not going to pay you 33 billion it's going to be 133 billion yeah and and it's just literally educating 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 that's right people need to know people need to know and what they don't know now is what they need to know like i said uh and i and i and i i hope i'm sounding like i'm beating a dead horse but black carbon truly is the enemy of the planet people need to know that it is indeed the enemy of the planet when we have a target when human beings have a target we can we can start shooting for that target but like i said it's going to take it's it's not going to be overnight but we have to get the word out to every single solitary person and when people understand it and they they cuz most people have never heard it they've never even heard of black carbon but and i don't feel i don't i don't blame anybody cuz i hadn't heard of it either it wasn't until january this year when i put it all together I said wait a minute what we can save the planet because i didn't know so i don't expect people to know but we have to let people know and when people do know cuz most people want to do the right things anyway in general and people that want to do the right things when they know what to do they will take action and it will start doing it that we have to we just have to yeah well i think that's what it is it's all taking action and speaking out about this and not you know not throwing the bottles and think about it as you had said that the a lot of the stuff that comes out a lot of the plastics that go into the ocean are not thrown directly into the ocean it's actually from land that are then pushed out there through a lot of different means and we need to start paying attention to that and being more aware of that mm-hmm. yeah. right because it affects our health and uh, it's going to affect our kids and their development and and uh, i always say that it's a question of time when your grandmother and your children are going to swim and they might swallow accidentally microplastic right because with the waves so it's like it it's it's all about talking with each other and understanding that we have a mission we all humans have a mission when um covid happened i said well right now we all are kind of like kind of whining about that we have to sit on the couch and watch netflix but if we don't save the planet if we don't save the clean air clean uh, water we going to walk around on those scafander um you know costumes because we losing actually the oxygen right now we can take oxygen every day breathing in but if we don't do the change today that's going to be the next pandemic yeah so and without shamelessly promoting my book cuz i don't want to sound like i'm shamelessly promoting it but education really truly is the key and uh and i will say uh get the book uh cuz right now is the only place you can go the only place you can go that you can learn both about black carbon and that there's a solution you can go on the internet right now and do a google search for black carbon and melting glaciers and what you will find will break your heart because it would you would just see all these images that is happening all over the world but so when you see that stuff you just you you feel hopeless but now because of the because of what i discovered accidentally we know that we can do something about it and that's and and uh right now it's the only place you can go i mean this this book is the only place you can possibly go 
to find out that number one, black carbon is the enemy. And number two, we can beat black carbon because we have to beat black carbon. So burnfuelbetter.com is the book. DonClimateOwens.com is also the book and a few other things. And then uh, H&O International is the company uh, that I hope uh, uh, other companies throughout the world will begin to contact us. And a lot of them are so we can start developing solutions for all these things that burn fuel on this planet and help to reduce it so that we can reduce the black carbon. You know, that, 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 it's really amazing because you, you found out about it. What, how, how did you eventually come here? Just by, and if you, you, as you told the story, I was like, you were really just tinkering around to save yourself some, something and you really just accidentally now can potentially save the world by you just tinkering around with little tools. How was your journey? I'd, I'd love to hear how, you know, a little bit about your background. Okay. All right. Well, it, it, I have an engineering background, uh, and I always like to tell people, uh, uh, I didn't know I was going to become an engineer. I just, when I got out of high school, I, I know I like tinkering around with cars. So I said, oh, okay, let me go to engineering school. And um, so I went to engineering school. I went to General Motors Institute up in Flint, Michigan. And at the time, they had a co-op program where we literally went to school for six weeks, worked for six weeks, blew back and forth for five years. And then we graduated with an engineering degree. Now, one of the great things that happened during that period was even though I had an engineering degree when I finished, I knew darn well I did not want to be an engineer. Right? So, <laughs> and, and that's what most of us find out. We don't necessarily know what we want to do. We do know what we don't want to do. And so uh, uh, and, and when I graduated from engineering schools, uh, I had some friends that had been involved with uh, patent law. And at the time, Western Electric was looking for engineers that wanted to be patent lawyers, mm-hmm. that wanted to write patents instead of doing engineering. So I said, I raised my hand. That's me. I want to be one of them. And it wasn't because I wanted to be a lawyer. It was because I didn't want to be an engineer. <laughs> but I was a lawyer, and I became a patent lawyer. And once I became a patent lawyer, I found out that uh, uh, that type of thought and what you have to do to write patents took laser beam focus. Mm-hmm. And I w- found out that I was not a laser beam. I was more like a searchlight. So uh, and so I wanted to get out of patent law just as soon as I graduated from law <laughs> school. And uh, and that's exactly what happened. I ended up leaving it and I got into entrepreneurial type activities. And then that led to one day discovering this book that kind of took me back to engineering because it took me back to tinkering and which I enjoyed doing. And uh, and that's how we that's how the story really led to. And it was, oh, my God, I can tell you failures after failures after failures and all these little these little things that happened just in the right time that kind of kept me going. Because uh, when I found out that we can we can reduce uh, uh, fuel economy uh, with a gasoline engine, then I found out all these other gasoline engines didn't work. (laughs) And then we had to move to to diesel and, and even the diesels didn't work. But then we found out, hey, particular matter. So a lot of these things just happen because they are supposed to happen that way. I know for a fact that all this time I was being led to this. I didn't know it at the time, but I was been, I've been led down this road to this exact place so that we can do something to save this planet. Because this is something we know that we need to do. 
Yeah, the, the, the universe, I always say, the universe works in mysterious ways. It's going to bring yep. you where you have to be, sometimes to your knees, yep. because you have to do that. And, yep. you know, and, and so I'd like to go back to Mermaid, to her journey. Uh, you did know that you wanted to be swimming your whole life uh, from a young girl uh, and, and all the, the challenges that you've won. Could you share some of your journey uh, about swimming and how you got to this point in time of wanting to save the world through removing the uh, the plastic out of the ocean. Well, I ended up swimming because my one of my lungs was collapsing, and then my family doctor was like, "Maybe you should try swimming to learn to ventilate it." And it's it it was um, it was a love from the first sight. I mean, I just knew it. I want to be fast. I didn't really care how. But all the health problems on the way uh, threw me in inside a hospital, pretty often to emergency room. And then uh, when I got to my first uh, nationals, I actually had a major injury. I dove in and uh, broke my forehead and my neck shift. And I was like one step uh, from the wheelchair, basically. But I decided to go with my stitched head to 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 go Estonian nationals and I won four gold medals and that just like that was the moment where I knew and that I I might be a little bit different <laughs> and do things differently than normal humans and uh, and now when I have been going through you know all these nights when you're in a hospital and you're trying to understand what is wrong with you I think today when I'm you know, speaking as a mermaid, I feel that all was, that was my journey, working yeah. towards to that, yeah. finding out that I might not have to be human, I have to be maybe mermaid. And and, and it's quite funny that um, as a person who was um, struggling to have uh, oxygen in the lungs, today I'm fighting for oceans, so the oceans can have oxygen. And... Um, when I started finding trash, I mean, it just was like a moment to me where I was like, wait a second, these animals doesn't deserve um, eating plastic. And second of all, that's gonna affect my sport. Not only that, I have been training and spending time in hospital and pushing through and you know going through limits left and right and figuring out how to be athlete. It's also gonna affect every single athlete around me who's working towards their Olympic dreams and might not be able to compete because the water is too hot and you might have, you know, problems that you're competing in a high level, but you your heart goes to de-stress. And we have um, had situations where swimmers have died during the competition because the ocean uh, temperatures are too high. Wow, and that is all again affects from the climate change and the circulation in the ocean, and as well, I have witnessed with my two eyes how ocean run out from oxygen, and we have to put the ventilator tubes in to create the circulation so the ocean can have oxygen again, and the fishes can live, not suffocate. And it's just like when you looking back. You know, like Dawn was saying, like it's constantly you're 
feeling you're failing and you, you, you know, you want to wrap up and move to some other field. But actually, this all is guiding towards to your purpose. And I definitely feel that is my purpose. The mermaid who sang in the ocean. But it's also that I truly believe that I'm here to save the next generation as well. And and every morning I wake up and I want to, you know, go ahead and clean the ocean and, and run to the beach and not, you know, train hard for my dreams, but also um, kind of um, challenge the world to work harder. Because right now, what I've done with my little mermaids is that I'm trying to build my little mermaid army is that every time when I teach them about learning to swim, because I mean, Miami might be underwater or the half of the world might be underwater. So we need to learn to swim. You know, <laughs> you never know when you have to swim out from your car, from your house, from a plane, you know, and, and when I have been teaching people to swim and kind of popularizing my sport, I also have been teaching kids to be the uh, mermaid warriors, the mermaid minions who are going out there and and changing the world as well, and maybe even better ways than I do it. So, um, and that and that again is another clarification why, as, as me, was struggling with my health. Uh, and now today I'm here sitting with the three different Guinness World Records. What no guy have a, even had chance to beat it yet. Not gonna wood, right? But it just shows you that you might become a superhero if you believe it, yeah. and everybody can become a superhero. I did it, so you can do it too. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome message. Uh, thank you for so much for that message. Because both of these messages are so impactful, and it, it's again amazing that you guys connected uh, on this movie set. Uh, can you share what movie? Uh, I, I think uh, I, I'm not. Well, all I know was what was it? Uh, oh, Jesus! I don't even hardly remember. I think it was somebody named Doctor Dana. Yeah. But um, um, uh, I'm not exactly sure because uh, how I got there was um, <laughs> was out of the blue, you know. <laughs> and uh, I think I heard about it maybe. Uh, you know, let's let's go with uh, 14 hours before this hours to show up. <laughs> so, so it definitely sounds like uh, it wasn't a planned thing, and that oh, the universe made sure that you guys connected, which is again one of those universe. magical pieces of, of life because yeah but that's what it is you have to show up yep. <laughs> you have to sh- try and show up you never yeah. know yeah you know it's the universe like you said the universe uh, people uh, when people do understand the universe you understand that the universe is very 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 powerful and uh, and it brings together things that you just don't expect, and you don't don't look for, but it's 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 supposed to be, and that's the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. But both of your messages, did you have something? Yeah, and let me be honest. We all are connected in this world through ocean mm-hmm. and the atmosphere. You know, like 
if somebody watches that move uh, that video in Australia, the message is still the same. Right, Don? What right. is your message? Yeah. Yeah. That we have to save the planet. So yeah. and and that's the beauty of the universe. You have to get up in the morning and show up for the nature. Yeah, I, I think that's how we can end the, the the episode because this was great. It really is, you know, hearing about your your minions, your 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 little mermaids, as well as how both of you are working really hard to save our planet. And thank you for that because we have to remember really to do these things, and it's consistency that really makes all the difference. Yeah. Do, do you have any final words? Any final? Uh, or if you have a fi- favorite R word, uh, I have a quote that I always use that there's an R in your heart. It's part of the grounding that we use when we talk about earth and heart is the same letters, just rearranged differently. And I always ask everybody for an R if you, if you have one. Well, you know, uh, I do have a motto, uh, 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 and I don't know, I think probably everybody else has this motto, but the motto really is all about why put off till until tomorrow what you can do today because uh we don't have we don't have tomorrow is never promised to anybody all we do have is today somebody else told me something else that i wish i would remember because it was even better than that <laughs> but that's that's the one that i can think of no nah, that's awesome thank you yeah, yeah. yeah. well my motto what i've learned through my health problems is that as long as you're uh, heart and brain pumps, you can do anything in this world and you can save the planet as well. Yeah, absolutely. Excellent. And on that note, we'll, we'll end the episode. Uh, just remember everybody that peace and love, we know what that is. And in a situation like this, this is one of our bring the bat moments. We need to do this as a world, as a society, as a culture to bring the bat, because if not, we're not going to have the oxygen we need and we're not going to have the planet we need. So just wish everybody peace and love and bring that back. Have a great night. Thank you very much. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, love and bring a bat is brought to you by launchpad five, one, six studios, executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidchemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste.